those statues that are getting torn down are slave owners. They were terrible people, you know. So you're okay with them destroying the white statues and putting up an unemployed drug addict? I mean, the way you're wording that, calling him an unemployed drug addict. He was. I'm sure he was. With a criminal record. Is it fair to take down statues of... Is that's it fair not, to take down statues of men? That, that's not why they're putting up statues of him. <laughs> they're putting up statues of him because his death shook the entire world. Welcome to The Father State. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. The Father State is our Patreon, so be sure to click the Patreon link in the description to support our work. I totally appreciate it. Thank you all so much. Very interesting guest today I have with me, the Joker of New Orleans. He is a magician. So, the Joker, do I call you the Joker? Yeah, you can call me that. That's fine. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Yes, sir. So how did you get the title, The Joker? Um, I came up with my own original Joker cosplay and just made it like my everyday look. So um, I wear it when I perform, when I work, when I go out and people just recognize me. So, you know, I kind of gave myself that title, but it stuck really well. Oh, okay. That's what people know me as. And do you wear it 24 hours a day? (laughs) If only, no, I, uh, obviously anytime I do wear it, I take it off before I go to sleep, but, um, I don't put it on every day if, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not going out or making a public appearance somewhere or anything like that, then no, I don't put it on. And, um, how long does it take to put all that on? Depends. Usually about 45 minutes, I'd say. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. So you are a magician, and how did you start that? I got into it senior year of high school. I saw someone do a magic trick, and I couldn't figure it out. And then someone in my class told me how they'd figured it out. So I started performing it to all the underclassmen just as practice, and they were blown away. So I was like, you know what? Let me just start learning more, and I did, and it's one of those things that stuck with me ever since. Oh, that's cool, man. And so what type of um, magician do you do? What, what are your tricks? Um, the type of I, tricks? I started with sleight of hand. That's mainly what I was doing for a while, but I've recently started like dabbling in like stuff like mind reading, influence, hypnosis, stuff like that as well. So um, I do a little bit of everything. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What's important to you? What do you mean? In your life, when you think about life, what's important to you? Um, really, the two main things. Uh, I want my kids to be safe and happy and healthy. And then I want to make a name for myself. You, so. and you want to make a name for yourself. What type of name you want to make for yourself? A household one. And, and what do you mean by that, make a name? What do you mean? I want, I want to be recognized all over the world. And why? 
I don't know. It's just, it's a dream that I've had since I was in like junior high school to be famous and be renowned and stuff like that. And what would that do for you? Um, I, I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people like to say like, you know, what, if you could be rich or you could be famous, which one would you want? And I, I almost would argue that being famous is better. You know what I mean? Cause you can be rich and walk into a restaurant and people don't know who you are. You're not going to get seated <laughs> unless you're flashing money. But if you're famous, you walk in and everyone's like, make a seat for this guy. You know what I mean? So it's just like, just a quick off the, off the top of the head example. Oh, I see. And so if the choice was between being rich and being famous, you would rather be rich than, I mean, famous than rich. Um, yeah, I'd rather be famous and then let the, the money come later. I'd rather work for the money, but I'd rather be famous. You know, I don't mind working for, for the money. Amazing. Okay. That's interesting, man. And so would that make you feel better about yourself or something? Yeah, it really would. And how do you For feel sure. about yourself that you need to be famous to feel better? <laughs> um, I, uh, no, that's a good question. I, I don't know. It, part of me, I put a lot of my self-esteem on the opinions of others, but at the same time, which this is kind of an oxymoron, but I also don't really care what people think about me. Hence the clown makeup. It, it's all, it's like, I don't know if you know who Fallout Boy is, but they're a band, but they have one line in one of their songs and I love it. It says, I don't care what you think as long as it's about me. So <laughs> as long, you know, as long as my name's in your mouth, that's all I care about. Amazing. And would you Amazing. feel better about yourself if that happened? Yeah, probably. It would make me feel like, uh, you know, like I'm worth a little more, you know? Yeah. I, I uh, counsel with a lot of quote unquote famous people and I don't mention oh, yeah. their names and things, but they thought too, if they became famous, they would feel better, but they only felt the same or worse, which made them seek more fame, thinking that more fame would make them better. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's just one of those things I'm going to have to find out for myself, you know? And how do you see yourself now before you started what you're doing now and, how do you see yourself? When you see you, what do you see? Um, hmm, wow, that's deep. I see myself as a genuine person who wants to make positive change. And fame would just give me a platform to more easily do that. You make know? Yeah. What type of positive change? Um, I care a lot about social issues. So that, that's like big for me. Um, so yeah, amazing. That. And so would you consider yourself a liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat? How, how, how are you in that area of those? Areas? I would, I consider myself to be an extremely progressive leftist. Really? Yes. And, um, because I read that you support black lives matter. Is that true? Yes, sir. It is. And Black Lives Matter is a far-left liberal radical organization, right? Just founded by a bunch of fat black lesbians. What made you support? <laughs> what made you support? <laughs> what 
What made you support them? They've been so radical. They destroy, they divide, uh, and the mess that they started is still happening. It's even worse now as a result of defunding the police. Why would you support an organization that causes so much chaos and confusion in the country? Okay, so um, the thing about the riots and all that stuff, I mean, I'm sure you... I'm, I don't think there's anything I can tell you that you haven't heard before, but I mean, like nine, something like 94% of the BLM uh, protests were peaceful. And then out of that remaining 6% or seven, I forget which one it was, but most of that was caused by police interference or agitators. So I feel like as a whole, the, the movement, or at least the, the message behind the movement is not necessarily problematic. Of course, when you get a bunch of people together and, and there's always going to be that those one or two individuals who will take advantage of the chaos or take advantage of the opportunity to loot and riot and steal. And I don't support, uh, I don't support that. Um, innocent business owners and things like that should not be targeted. Just like peaceful protesters should not be targeted by police either. You know, if how, that makes sense. How did you come up with 94% was people? I didn't see that. Um, there was a, I forget which news outlet it was, but they did a report on that where they had looked at all of the, the protests that had gone on and took, uh, you know, report like police reports and things like that, damage reports, and they came up with that number. So, and so you believed it, huh? So when they were burning down police headquarters, was that peaceful? No. When they were killing, uh, uh, there was at least one innocent cop that was killed that was, uh, I think, something like working overtime or something to protect the business. Was that peaceful? No. When they were looting and burning and, and, and destroying, was that peaceful? No, but not like I said. Most when they would turn it over, it. when they would turn it over, police cars and and riding, messing up the highways by riding Black Lives Matter all over the streets, looking like a ghetto. Would well, that's peace, peaceful? <laughs> no, no. There was not. Say, I'm sorry. Let, no, that, that's fine. But like I said, most of the protests did not devolve into riots. But I will say that I've always been in support of the protesters targeting police stations, police cars, in this case, courthouses, because it's a, it's a systemic problem. And I wouldn't say that targeting individual police officers is the answer, because at the end of the day, they are just doing a job. They're trying to go home safely to their families. But at the end of the day, you can't say destruction of property is never justified. I mean, look at the Boston Tea Party. You know, that was a huge protest against the British powers you know, back in colonial times, if they hadn't done that, you know, then where would we be? Amazing. You know, some, it, sometimes, sometimes violence is justified to get a point across when there's people being, you know, downtrodden and stepped on. When you say systemic, did you say systemic racism in the police department? Um, yeah, there's certain policies and things like that. Like there's, what? Um, I mean, okay, so let me start off by saying this. In 
Los Angeles County, there were, what was it, 13 police gangs in just that one, that one little area, that one police, uh, I forget the term for it, but there were 13 gangs, most of them white supremacist gangs in the, in the police uh, system there. And where did you so get that like, information from? Another investigative journalist, he, he went and he did interviews. He was putting his life on the line by digging into that type of stuff. That's amazing. And you believe that? Yes, I do. Is that because you want to believe it? No, it's not because I want to believe it. I mean, when you look at... Okay, so when you look at the system as a whole, modern-day policing was ha, has evolved, and it started as... Um, slave catchers what you know, uh, that's yes if you look into it <laughs> look it up slave catchers that's, that's rolling stones about the uh, yeah rolling stones was actually the one who who talked about the uh the police gangs over in los angeles so you know but anyway yeah slave it started as slave catchers and then you know what that is crazy was, man why you believe something like that i uh i grew up on a plantation in alabama that is dumb. That's not true at all. Well, listen, after slavery, after slavery was abolished, you don't think that it was strange that we started seeing laws like loitering laws where the slaves, you know, aren't slaves anymore, but they can't get jobs because no one's going to hire them. They're, no one's used to paying black people for their labor. So what do they do? They, they, all they have to do all day is just hang around. So they make that illegal so that they can go arrest them, lock them <laughs> up, and then make them work for free. <laughs> that's you, funny. And, so and that's you, a similar, it's a similar thing that we still have going on. Do you where, believe that all slave owners were uh, mean or nasty with their slaves? No. I believe that there were probably slave owners that did not mistreat their slaves. But at the same time, just the simple fact of them owning slaves was a problem. But but no, I don't believe they were all abusive or um, or or mistreating their slaves. If that makes sense, there are there are black slaves on us too at that time. Okay, and you put I them in the same category. I'm sorry. Do you put them in the same category as you do to white supremacists, as you say? Yeah, I don't think slavery was. I don't think. I don't think racism was necessarily the heart issue of slavery itself. I think slavery was the issue by itself. It didn't matter if it was whites owning blacks, blacks owning blacks, blacks owning whites. It doesn't matter. Slavery in itself is a problem. So you disagree um, with slavery? So you, when white people are enslaved or anyone is enslaved, you disagree with that? Yeah, you're taking bodily autonomy away from a person. Oh, it I see what you said. What race they are? Do you support defunding the cops? Yes, you do. So they have done that. And now crime is how about do you support um, no bail's bond and all that? I'm sorry. Do you support the ideal of no bail's bond that these people don't have to go to jail when they commit a crime? They can stay home until they're here to trial. And even if they go to jail, they could get out without paying bail. Do you support that? Not really. Because New Orleans right now is having a huge problem where the justice system is over overcrowded and overrun. So if you commit a violent crime, they arrest you and mark it down that you've been arrested and just let you go until your court date. 
and then these people aren't showing up. And, <laughs> and these are violent, these are violent crimes, carjackings, things like that. So if they were to clear out the jail of nonviolent criminals or just simple drug offenders or things like that, which they've started to do, but it, they need to pursue that more. But no, I don't think that there are certain circumstances where it sucks that someone's arrested for a crime and they're imprisoned until their court date, even though they haven't been proven guilty. There is something to be said about that. But at the same time, if someone does commit a violent crime and you know they've committed a violent crime, they should not just be let go. Not just a violent yeah. crime or a crime, period. But let me ask, do you, um, why would you support defunding the police? Why do you support that? So defund the police is a really terrible name for the idea. Um, but that's, a, that's what they were shouting, defund the police. No, I, I, I get it. The left, I'll give you this. The left is really bad at coming up with catchy, uh, catchy phrases that summarize really complex ideas. But defund the police was never intended to take all the funding away from police. It was supposed that the idea was to take some funding away from police and put that towards things like preventing crime from happening in the first place. So bettering education, bettering, you know, inner city circumstances and things like that. But not only that, but also we have a, a problem in this country where if someone's having a mental health crisis, they send a police officer to deal with them. And this police officer has no training, no knowledge of mental health issues. So if this person's having a breakdown, sometimes things get escalated. Whereas if they had a mental health professional with them, or just send a mental health professional by themselves, they're able to deal with that person and calm them down. And there's no crime committed. Everyone goes home safe and happy. And that's if amazing, that's what you man. want, you know, the police going home safely, then yes, defund the police. Stop throwing cops. Stop throwing white guys with guns that were bullied in middle school that, you know, are trigger happy to go deal with problems. That's amazing. Do you think that America... Do you think that white Americans have rights that black people don't have? That's a tricky question. I mean, on paper, on paper, the law is supposed to work for everyone. But in practice, it doesn't work out that way because, you know, what you write on paper may not have a bias, but the people that create the laws or the people that enforce the laws or punish people for breaking the laws, they do have, uh, you know, inherent biases. So, no, like I said on paper, you have all the same rights as me, but, you know, if we were both smoking weed, you'd be like four times more likely to get arrested and jailed for it than me. Really? Yes. Uh, you said that there were white su supremacy. Can you define white supremacy for me? Yeah, so I'm going to uh, agree with what Vosh said on your show. Um, white supremacy, in my opinion, is just people who believe that whites are inherently superior to other races. Oh, okay. And do you believe there's black supremacy? Yes. And how would you define that? Believing that black people are inherently superior to other races. Oh, Okay. Um, white people seem to be smarter than blacks. You know, they tend to build wherever they go. They improve the area, not destroy the area. Um, there, there are people saying that white people are 
genetically smarter than black. Do you believe that? No, I don't. And why not? Why do you think black people destroy and white people build? I don't. I don't necessarily believe that. I, I think that white people have had advantages with better education and things like that. As far, I mean, historically, I mean, if you look at Europe, there's so many you know scientists that came out of there, whereas Africa not so much. But you could easily chalk that up to. Um, you know, less hospitable conditions and things like that. Whereas white people, we've had really good education, even, you know, in this country, throughout the history of this country, whereas black people have not been afforded that, um, that right or that luxury. So how do you, go ahead. So yeah, what? I mean, so if you do that over generations and stuff, you're, you know, I would don't, I wouldn't say that they're inherently or genetically not as smart. There's just, you know, information builds over time. My, you know, my dad taught, you know, taught me, you know, a lot of what he knows, plus what I've learned, you know, his dad taught him what he knows. So information trickles down. Whereas if you cut that off, you know, with slavery, then it's like, there's not that much information to pass down. So how much education do the blacks need in order to know that they should get married and raise their children instead of good example. You have to go to school for that. Not really, but it, it kind of, it goes back to, you know, if you're raised in, in a household with happy parents and you know, y'all sit down, you eat dinner together every night and you know, there's low crime, you've got a good education, all these factors play into that. You're probably going to be, more successful in life and black people again have had advantages like that withheld from them stripped away from them stuff like that Uh, um so how do you explain that prior to the so-called civil rights movement which should have never happened that the blacks were doing better then than now they were building they bought land they had what they call the black uh, wall street and all kind of things going on because they relied on themselves and this was before the civil rights movement. How do you explain right. that they were doing, and they had families, and they, they were going to all black schools, and how would you explain that they were doing better before the civil rights movement than they are today? So I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't personally argue that they were necessarily doing better, but I'll give you the black. Well, they were doing thing. better. I was there. Okay, fair. And you said you grew up where? In, on a plantation in Alabama. At least black people aren't growing up on plantations now. You know what I mean? But, they did but, better. No. They were better off on the plantation because now they're mentally living on a plantation. Let me let me ask you this. You mentioned Black Wall Street. Uh, there were like two Black Wall Streets that I've heard of, one in Tulsa and one in Philly. One was in like 1912. One was in like 1960-something. Which one were you referring to? I was thinking of the one in Oklahoma. Yeah, Tulsa, I think that was 1912. You and know they had black banks in New York and other places. They were professional. You know they, they were Those who wanted to go to college went to black universities because the black universities were good schools at the time. But yeah. I want to know, how do you explain that the blacks were doing better then than they are today? Well, do you know what happened to the black Wall Street? In yeah, Tulsa, I heard Oklahoma? that from the blacks forever. That's just another excuse. But how do you explain that the blacks were doing oh. better back then than they are well, today? Hold on. How can you say that's just an excuse? The KKK 
came through and eradicated that whole area, burned it down, killed a bunch of people, no consequences for them. That's not the way that happened, man. But because of time, how do you explain that the blacks were doing better back then than they are today? I don't think that they were. But can you tell me what happened in Tulsa? Can you give me the, the, the facts on that? Uh, long story short is that some black and white people, not the whole town, but in a neighborhood somewhere, they had a dispute about something. And yeah, they, they, arg- the, they, they start arguing. They start arguing. raping a white woman. They start arguing about it, by the way. which wasn't true, by the way. But they start arguing about it, and one thing led to another. But I want to ask you, how is it that black people did better then than they are today? Um, well, I mean, I think there's a few different things to blame. You know, the uh, the war on drugs and the Reagan crack era and stuff like that. I think that definitely. I think that definitely played a part in it. Did Reagan put the the dope in their mouth, or did they do that? Um, well, when in you their put of, when you make it so that a group of people has no income and they have children that they have to feed and they have families to support, and then you hand them, you know, drugs and say, "Hey, you can sell this. You'll make some good money doing it." What other option do they have? They have kids to feed, so they start doing that. And That's then you amazing. Say, hey, You've been brainwashed, man. What the? Um, White people take, it's been reported that whites are taking opioids, opioids, and they're dying by the numbers. Who fault is yep. that? That's the doctor's fault. It's big pharma. They're prescribing them opioids that they know are addictive and will kill them. And, and so is the doctor making them take them? No, but you trust your doctor, right? If your doctor says, hey, take this, you don't say, give me a month to go home and do my research. Let me go to med school and make sure that this all checks out first. And then I'll come back and start taking it. No, if you're in excruciating pain, you're going to take what the doctor prescribes. That's amazing. Are you in favor of affirmative action and reparations and all that stuff for blacks? Yes. And so, and why? Well, I already know why, but let me ask. you: Do you think that black people are capable of taking care of themselves, thinking for themselves, and doing for themselves? Or do you see them as incapable? I think they're definitely capable. But why don't they demonstrate that, and why do you make excuses for them? Wow, what a loaded question there. (laughs) I, I think that blacks are capable. I think that starting around starting around the crack era and the, and the war on drugs they've purposefully and i do mean purposefully been lacking in good role models um you know they put uh you know if you think I that mean, blacks are capable why do you make excuses for them i'm not making excuses for them you are you have a truckload of excuses for them no see the world that we live in America that we live in right now is run by white people. White people have been taught to fear black people for a number of different reasons. I mean, it's just, it, there's no escaping, it, you know, there, why mean, do you make how- excuses for them? If you think that they are capable, because if you thought that they were capable, you would have no excuses for them. Why do you make excuses? You personally, I'm not making excuses for you. Black are, you people. have truckloads of excuses. But is it an excuse if it's true? It's you not know? true, though. That's where you and I disagree. You, do you take care of yourself? 
yes. I, I and you have you've had to overcome some things in life, right? Yes. But yet you got up and you did it. What is different about you than it is the black man or the black I'm not, people? I'm not saying I'm listen, hear me out here. I'm not saying that black people are completely incapable of changing their circumstances, but it's just a fact that if you are raised in a one parent household, especially a single mother who's always out working and working two or three jobs to provide for you, your schools have low funding, you have low you have low odds of succeeding, your teachers don't care, you know, your classmates are disruptive. You know, even in the even in, even the best student, the best pupil, the, the hardest worker in those scenarios, they don't have they they're not going to be able to succeed. At the end of the day, it's like one in a million, you know. Whose fault is that that she decided to lay up and be a slut and make a baby? That's not the government responsibility. Whose fault is it that she that she did that? The 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 point is that you're 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 talking down to her child. Whose fault is that that she, she made a baby that she couldn't take care of? So you do admit that depending on your parents' circumstances or your grandparents' circumstances, this and that, that it can affect how a child turns out. The parents definitely, whatever the parents are, is what the children will become. But whose fault Thank is you. it that, that she would lay up and have a baby that she can't afford? Okay. Let me, let, let, let's shift the way we're looking at this thing. I know, but let's answer that first, and then we'll shift the way you want to shift. Whose fault is it that she decided to live and have a baby without being able to afford it without having a husband? I mean, I guess you could say it's hers. You're not sure? I mean, plenty of people have babies when they can't afford it on a two a two parent a two income household, and then one of those parents either moves, dies, gets shot, goes to jail, whatever, loses a job for many different reasons. She can't afford it. You know? Whose fault is it that she laid up and had a baby without a husband? Well, I don't think that's really any of our business, is it? Yeah, you just said in government, you're giving them excuses why they're the way they are. So it is because it, they make it our business by us having to take care of their out of wedlock children. What do you mean take care of their children? With How our taxes. But let me ask, um, do you think that it's fair that there are hospitals, some hospitals that are giving blacks uh, treatment before they would a white person, and it's all based on because of their color. Do you think that's fair? I don't really care. Why not? Because black people have been uh, mistreated, <laughs> especially by the medical field throughout the history of this country. So you do you think it's fair then that if you were sick, and you're white. You're white, right? I can't tell by your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know white. it's just the makeup, but I am white. I promise. Anyway, so if you were sick, bad, and then a black person was sick as bad as you, both of you walked into the hospital. Matter of fact, you got there first, and a black person came in right after you, and they said, "Oh no, hold up! I got to take care of this black person first. Would that be fair to you?" No, but I probably wouldn't be upset about it. But it wouldn't be fair? No, I guess not. Why not? Because you're, uh, 
you're mistreating one person in order to treat someone else better. So what do you think about the fact that white people are under attack right now and everybody trying to make them the excuse and the enemy? What do you think about that? What do you mean white people are under attack? Where, they're where called racists. They're called white supremacists. They're tearing down statues of white people. They're, tearing, I, they're look, throwing books look, look, away look, look, look. of white authors. Uh, They're blaming white people for everything. Is that fair to the whites? Look, I'm white, and they've never torn down a statue of me. Because you don't have one. if they did have a statue of me, they wouldn't (laughs) fucking be tearing it down. And so is it fair that they're destroying white statues and putting up a loser statue like George Floyd? An unemployed drug addict with no job and a criminal record. George Floyd's death. No, no, no. I know about the death. I'm asking you, is it fair to destroy the statue of white men who founded and created the greatest country on this side of heaven and replace it with an unemployed drug addict with a criminal record statue? Is that right? I'm here for it. I like it. Because those statues that are getting torn down are slave owners. They were terrible people, you know. So you're okay with them destroying the white statues and putting up an unemployed drug addict? I mean, the way you're wording that, calling him an unemployed drug addict. He was. I'm sure he was. With a criminal record. Is it fair to take down statues of... Is it fair to take down statues of men? That's not why they're putting up statues of him. (laughs) They're putting up statues of him because his death shook the entire world. It drew attention to a problem that's been festering for decades. Is it fair to take down, because of time, is it fair to take down men who built the greatest country in the world and and replace it with an unemployed drug addict with a criminal record? Yeah. Take down the slave owners, put down, put up the people that, uh, that cause change, whether it's their life or their death. Amazing. Do you support abortion? Yes. You support abortion. And, and and why do you support abortion? Because it's the woman's right to choose. And who gave her that right? Well, I guess you would call that person God. Um, but I say the fact that they are a living, sentient human being, they have the right to choose. Can Do they have the right to kill the baby all the way up to the ninth month? Yes. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing about abortion. Here's the thing about abortion. Like less than one percent of abortions happen in the third trimester. And that usually only happens if the doctor determines that there is a threat to the life or of the child or the woman. And even if she does miscarry and they and she doesn't want to go through the trauma of giving birth to a dead baby. And they go in and they cut the dead baby apart and remove the pieces one by one. Amazing. That's still called an abortion. That's still classified as an abortion. And that adds to that statistic. Did you say the first trimester? No, the third trimester. How many months is that? That would be seven, eight, or nine months. Really? So most most abortions, like 99%, happen in the first six months. That's not, you, did you go to a black school or something? Because you sound like a black person with those kinds of uh, numbers and what you believe. I sound like a black person because I'm using facts and statistics. You're, lo- you're using the wrong facts and statistics. You've been brainwashed. 
You, no, did you go to a black the, school? No, I did not. Where, where's your white smartness? <laughs> well, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you sound like a black person instead of a white smart man. Oh, well, that, that is terrible. But, uh, so why do you I sound like that and know that it's terrible? I'm sorry, what? Why do you sound that way knowing that it's terrible? No, it's terrible the way you said that. It's terrible the way you phrased that. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not this way because I know it's terrible. I'm this way because I know I'm right. If you look up abortion statistics, 66% happen in the first trimester. Round about 33 happened in the second trimester. That's amazing. That's like not that true. Point. That's totally not true. But let me right. ask. Go ahead. You have two kids. Is that true? I do have two kids. So if your wife has said to you during the very ninth month of either one or both of your children, you know, um, uh, let me see what they call you, Mr. Joker, I'm going to kill your children this ninth month. I don't feel like having no babies. Would you have been in support of that? I would have supported her right to choose. I would have been sad about it. I would have been upset, but I would not have stopped her. So you would have said, okay, honey, go ahead and kill my child at the ninth month. Don't think I would have phrased it like that. But again, I would have supported her choice. It's her body. But did she create the body? You mean her own body? Yes. No. So how did it become her body? Because she lives in it. And so you didn't you don't love your children enough where you would want them to be born, you would have been okay with a selfish woman killing your children inside the womb. I do love my children. But why would you have been okay with a selfish woman killing your children inside the womb? I would have been okay with her making her own choice for her own body. But how about the choice of your children? Do you think if you had been able to talk to your kids while they were in the womb and they say, you say to them, children, mommy want to kill you. I know you're going to be born next week, but mommy don't want you. And I'm okay. And the kids say, no, no, daddy. Would you have been okay with that? You're placing, you're placing (laughs) a certain level of sentience on a nine month old basically fetus that is not there if you live in someone else's house they have every right to evacuate you from their house so if you live in someone else's body they have every right to evacuate you from their body that's amazing man it's it's their body so i gotta ask um you split up i read that you split up with your children's mother right Yes, that is correct. And uh, this happened last year. Is it yeah. true that you admit out loud to being a something called pansexual? Yes. What's a pansexual? I didn't know what that meant. Okay, so do you know what bisexual means? Yeah. It means you're attracted to, like, men and women. Right. So, so to me, pansexual means I'm attracted to cis women, cis men, but also trans women and trans men. So I cover everyone on the board. So what's a sissy woman and a sissy man? What does that mean? No, not sissy. What? Cis, like cisgender. It means it means you identify as the gender that you were assigned at birth. So you and I are cis men, cisgender. 
when we came out, the doctor said, you're a man. And now we're all grown. Okay, we're men. So, so you date. We are cisgender. That's amazing. What a messed up life, huh? So do you, um, do you, is it true that you would date a transgender? Yes. Have you always been this way? No, I have not. Um, because I read at one time you were a Christian, right? Yes, for 27 years. And, and, and what made you decide you didn't want to be a Christian anymore? Um, it just occurred to me that hell isn't real. And I was like, well, if there's no hell, then there's really no punishment for not being a Christian. So it allowed me to explore other things. And I just... <laughs> I was like, eh, I'm an atheist. That's amazing. amazing. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. And so you don't, so you were only a Christian because you thought that was a hell? I mean, I was raised Christian, so I grew up you know, believing, but as I got older, I started seeing how problematic Christianity was in the Christian community and American churches. And then I started distancing myself from that. It was a slow and gradual process that I was like starting to get fed up with that, that way of thinking. But, but the tip of the iceberg, or I mean, the straw that broke the camel's back was realizing that hell as we like to think of it, or as we're taught about it, is not really what hell would even be if it existed. Who told so you like, that you there was? What? I'm done with. This. Who told you uh, that there was no hell? Um, I think the the most damning piece of evidence uh, is that Jews two thousand years ago believed in something called annihilationism. And it was the idea that when you die, if you don't go to heaven, your soul is destroyed. And you just no longer exist. And Jesus was a Jew 2,000 years ago. <laughs> so he himself would have believed that when you die, you no longer exist. And so who convinced you that there was no hell? Um, myself. And, re, you know, re-looking through scripture, looking at analysis of scripture, the original translations, things like that. Are you 100% sure there's no hell? Yes. And so that's why you became a satanic. You joined a satanic religion or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm a satanist. I joined the satanic temple. Wow. And so you feel better in the temple of Satan rather than the temple of God? Yes, I do. And what do you get from that that causes you to feel better? Um, The satanic temple is obviously not near as judgmental as Christian churches. But one thing that really made me gravitate towards them was with the abortion ban in Texas last year. Um, the Satanic Temple decided that abortion was going to be a Satanic ritual. So <laughs> if you're a Satanist and you're a member of their temple, you can get a constitutionally protected Satanic ritual abortion. Because it's freedom of religion. So is Satan your God? No, I don't technically believe that Satan exists. Most so Satanists why would they don't. call it Satanic religion if they don't believe Satan exists? Because 
they're just atheists that like to piss off Christians. That's that's really what it usually boils down to. Oh, they get a pleasure from upsetting the Christians. Oh yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So I read that, and if you want to admit to this, you can. I understand it's private stuff. You don't have to. But okay. in your personal life, you went through a lot. Yeah. So you did a TikTok that says it listed all the things or some of the things that happened to you in your life. Oh, y'all did a deep dive. Shit. <laughs> uh, and I just want to know if this true or not. Your mother died of cancer? Yeah, when I was seven. And you were injured in a car accident that killed your grandmother? Also when I was seven, yeah. And your father remarried an abusive woman? Correct. And was she abusive to you or to your father? Both. Both? How was you? Yep. Give me an example of how she was abusive to you. Um, she just things that she said to me oh. were awful, and and the way the discipline was set up, she was allowed to discipline me and her son, but my dad was not allowed to discipline her son only me. So I got disciplined from her and my dad. And so we step, go, go ahead. ahead. And no, so that, you, that was. That was the end of that thought. And so when she would do that to you, you would tell your father how she would treat you, what would he say or do? I didn't really tell him at the time. Why not? Because I didn't think that it, one, I didn't think it would do any good. And I didn't know if it would, no, that's, that's the main reason. I didn't know if it would do any good. I mean, they're married. I didn't want to pit husband and wife against each other. But, you know, afterwards, I, I started sharing some of the stuff that, she said and did and he was like okay that was you know out of line so how old were you at the time when she was treating you that way uh they got together around the time i was like eight or nine and they separated when i was about 15 or 16. so what type of impact did it have on you your mother died at such a young you you were seven or so you being in a car with your grandmother she got killed what type of impact did that have on you personally? Um, it's hard to say, but, you know, I lost a lot of like, you know, important um, like mother figures and womanly roles in my life at a young age. And then the one that I did get, you know, shortly thereafter wasn't a great one. So it it sort of instilled like I hate to say it, but almost like a mistrust of women or, or not only that, but not necessarily knowing how to interact with women, if that makes sense. That was something it I does had to make teach sense. Yeah. That was something I had to teach myself and, and, and learn, you know. And so. so you also had several abusive girlfriends. Is that true? Yep, that's true too. And how were they abusive to you? What would they do to you? They would hit me, they would threaten me. Um I let one drive my truck while I was in the passenger seat and she got mad over something small. Don't even remember, but she almost wrecked my truck going 70 on the interstate. You know, <laughs> she would hit me. She'd say, if you don't buy me this, I'm going to break up with you. I'm going to cheat on you. I'm going to do all this. She, one, one of them was the worst ever. And then the rest were similar. You know, one I dated, she had a kid before I, I dated her. And I was like, I'll, you know, take care of your daughter like she was my own and raise her and stuff like that. And uh, 
you know, after we broke up, she, she was playing mind games using, cause she knew that I cared about her daughter and she was using her daughter as like a, as like a, like a chess piece or a scapegoat to mess with me, you know? What so, was, What was wrong with you that you were allowing women to treat you that way? Like I said, it was me not having a good mother figure. You know, a mother would have been like, oh no, she's not, she's not the one you need to leave her. You need to break up with her. You know, whatever. My dad was just like, hey, whatever, you know, it's your life. Do what you want to do. You know, which I, I don't fault him for. That's not, you know, but I mean, I didn't, I wasn't raised seeing how a woman was supposed to treat a man or, you know, seeing a happy relationship and things like that. So I thought that that was normal. And so would you let a woman treat you that way today? No, which is one of the main reasons I'm staying single. <laughs> you also diagnosed as untreated mental illness. Is that true? Yeah, I've been diagnosed with bipolar and OCD. You still Are you still with that condition? Yeah, that never goes away. What is that like to be in that condition for you? Um, the bipolar, um, um, there's different kinds of bipolar and bipolar is usually like swinging from mania, just being, you know, over the top, energetic and all these things. Um, and then there's, you know, you swing down to depression, which is being at your lowest point and all that. But the type that I have is where I have mania symptoms and depression symptoms at the same time, just all the time. What a mess. Yeah. Do, do you believe you can overcome that? Um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work. But What type of work? I mean, realizing the symptoms. Like, for example, a symptom of mania is overspending, spending too much money, spending money you don't have, whatever. That's a symptom that I always struggle with. I always want to go online and buy a bunch of random crap that I probably don't really need. And, you know, part of it is recognizing when I start getting the urge to go on Amazon or Etsy or whatever website and start buying stuff to be like, hey, no, I got to make sure my finances are in order first. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of getting to know yourself and knowing what sets you off and what puts you in different places, you know. Um, that's not going to help you overcome it though, because you just go from one thing to another one. It's a lifelong illness. I mean, it, it's never going to go away. Um, you were engaged to a mother of, oh yeah, we talked about that. May I tell yeah. you how to overcome that? I'd love to hear it. Let's go. Overcome your anger. You can overcome all that because you live in your imagination due to the anger of, for your mother leaving you so soon, your grandmother dying, your daddy didn't protect you from the abusive woman, according to you, the women treated you like crap, and you're judging yourself. If you forgive, then all that stuff would disappear because it's a spiritual battle, and you're living in the darkness of your imagination. I somewhat agree. Yeah, so overcome the anger. Forgive the folks who have... Uh, abuse you they couldn't help you know how you can't help yourself right now but be crazy to a point yeah. you joined a satanic temple you can't help yourself right <laughs> sure sure they had the same issue the same thing going on inside of you is going on inside them and other people outside of you so forgive and then then you shall be free yeah 
that's good advice. Do you take medication for all that mess? Not currently. I was, but it was making me gain a lot of weight. I was always hungry. I was eating like yeah. four or five sandwiches for lunch. It was too <laughs> much. It was way too much. Well, do the uh, a forgive, and you'll be fine. You just have to realize, yes, it was wrong for what happened to you, but you're suffering because you have not forgiven. That's fair. I should work on that. Yeah. All right. And all thoughts are all lies all the time. There's no such thing as a true thought. So smoke on that. Mm. Okay. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think on that one then. I gotta heat this uh interview up. So I gotta throw my guests on the hot seat. I gotta throw okay. you on the hot seat right now. All right, let's go. So I need you to answer uh these questions as quickly as possible. Sure. The hot seat. Is it okay for transgenders to compete in women's sports? Yes. Capitalism or socialism? Socialism. Is it okay to be a black supremacist? No. Is it okay to be a white supremacist? No. Have you ever done meth? No. (laughs) (laughs) Is America the greatest country in the world? No. Will you celebrate White History Month with me? No. Did you know that July is White History Month? I did not know that. I yeah, I, I started White History Month. We're going to be celebrating uh, five years come uh, July. Well, I we, will not personally be celebrating that. That's awful. You're white, man. What the? Every every month is White History Month. Let's uh, I heard that before. Do you love the Great White Hope? No. Is sex love? No. What is a man? A man is someone who identifies as a man. Are you an alpha male or beta male? I'm just a male. <laughs> Amazing. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> do you do you love white people? Uh, hit or miss. It's hit or miss. Do you love white people? Sometimes. <laughs> do you love black people? Yes, I do. So you're sure about loving the black, but you're not sure about loving the whites? I have mixed feelings about uh, about us white people, for sure. Amazing. Thank you for taking the hot seat on, man, for sending the hot seat. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Easy. No sweat. Did you have fun? Yes, I did. Nice. Tell the folks how they can um, keep up with what you're doing, keep up with you. Yeah, so uh, follow me on TikTok. That's where I'm most active. It's The Joker's TikTok. Um, I have quite a following on there. Um, I also have Insta. It's The Joker's Insta. And, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. You can find my Snapchat and my bio link on uh, on TikTok and stuff like that, so. How old are you? 27, almost 28. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. And yeah, I man, really, thank you for having me. Yeah, I really want to encourage you to forgive so you can overcome that mental state you're in. It would I, it would disappear. I, you would have an amazing life. I appreciate the words of wisdom. Thank you again for having me. It was an honor. Absolutely. Thank you folks for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, ring the bell. You can ring my bell. Ring the bell. 
and uh, check out Patreon on um, uh, the Father State is on Patreon. Check that out by going into the description link to support our work. Let me hear from you, and thank you again for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. Take care, y'all. All right, buddy. That was amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Fall Exchange. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Support my nonprofit at rebuildingdemand.com and tell everybody and their mama about the show. Thank you.